0: Shop it all at samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.
1: Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more. For your dough on stand mixers. Mm. Or get more. For your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more. (gasps) Bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And I have seen so many Twitter comments and especially Reddit comments about AEW's blood and guts, a couple of you have wrote me on email and saying, oh, your predictions did not turn out right. Well, they never – I I can honestly admit to you I have never went undefeated in any of my predictions. Guys, if you listen to the prediction show, it wasn't about the actual winners and losers. Although I was three and two on AEW's Blood and Guts, I do want to point that out. But I know what you guys are pointing out was that my prediction. Of Tessa Blanchard showing up. Did not pan out. Guys. The whole point of me. Bringing up. Oh I would like to see somebody here. I would like to see somebody there. Is to get you. To think. To get you to write into me. And tell me. That's not happening. Which some of you did. Using Ringside News. Article about aw not contacting tessa blanchard in the last couple months and that's great or i want you guys to think and do your own predictions i want you to tell me who else may show up what else could happen use your imaginations Because that's what I want to read. I want to see how close you guys get. So that's what this episode is about, is going over a little bit of what happened in AEW, and I want to address some controversies that, you guys will not get off of. It's Tuesday. Their next show is tomorrow. You guys are still talking about it, which is excellent for AEW. They drew over a million fans on Wednesday. Are those million fans going to tune in this Wednesday? Because I almost think that they have a better show this Wednesday. But, that's kind of the point of this episode. So I'm going to go kind of quickly through some of these matches, like the Dr. Britt Baker. Yes, I was wrong. Um, when they said that she was facing a mystery opponent, I was kind of hoping that it would be like a rematch against Tay or, like I said, I was hoping that, um, excuse me, I drew a blank, someone like Tessa Blanchard, or, um, someone from the outside, I think I mentioned Camille, from, um, NA, NWA showing up. However, personally, I really wanted it to be Serena Deeb. I don't know where she is in her rehab, and if she's even been medically cleared. I think I mentioned that on the prediction episode, but I really wanted it to be Serena Deeb to come back and face Dr. Brett Baker. They did announce, though, for Double or Nothing, it will be Shadia versus Dr. Britt Baker because she is now the number one contender if they would have announced that before the show I would I already p- picked Dr. Britt Baker to win but then I would have known she was taking on someone new because obviously they don't want any chance of her getting hurt And they don't want a loss because they've signed that match. The next one that I got right was the world tag team title shot that is going to come tomorrow. And yes, I love the claims rap. However... They're kind of getting old in the ring. And I'm kind of disappointed in them. They have not taken to tag team wrestling. And that's really hard for me to understand with the great tag teams that AEW have. FTR, the Young Bucks, SCU, Some of the more veteran teams, I mean, even when the Good Brothers are there, they need to get on them and say, either you want to be a tag team or you don't. If you want to be a tag team, then you need to learn tag team psychology. And that doesn't always involve, you know, Max Caster getting in trouble And so his opponent gets hit with the boombox. I understand the boombox concept. You can't use it every time. Learn to cheat other ways. But they really need to learn to cut off the ring, do double-team maneuvers, and be make me believe that they have some kind of chemistry, that they're friends. And I know they were put together a tag team but by now with all of these veteran tag teams around if they truly wanted to accept it they've got so many teachers that they should have already gotten it Jurassic Express like I said in my predictions episode really wanted Jungle Boy Luchasaurus get into it and just have a total break. They, it's obvious they want to put Jungle Boy into a singles career. Let Luchasaurus go on. Varsity Blondes. I think they have a future ahead of them. I love Brian Pillman Jr. This team's not ready yet, though. This team is definitely was not ready for this caliber of a match. They shouldn't have rated this caliber of a match. Um, they felt like the odd man out. SCU, who I predicted to win, did win. I'm excited about. Because that sets them up for the Young Bucks tomorrow. I would like nothing better, and I told you this on the predictions episode, for them to beat the Bucks. On a regular show. Why? Because they won the tag team titles. I was there. On a regular Wednesday night show. However, it was Scorpio Scott and Frankie Kazarian. If they beat the Bucks this time, Christopher Daniels is going to get his due. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I hope Tony Khan steps in and says, yes, it has to. Because we don't need SCU breaking up at this time. Because they said the next time they lose, it's the end of SCU. And so I hope they go on a run I hope they don't win tomorrow night just to turn around and lose them a double or nothing. And with the Good Brothers not winning Impact titles, then I think it's time that the Bucks lose their titles, which makes Kenny of the Elite be the only one with belts, and he's got more than enough of them. So I... I kind of hope SCU does win tomorrow night. The one I got wrong, or I should say one of two that I got wrong, I picked QT Marshall. I really did. I thought that they would have their rematch at double or nothing. I told you, I thought then that's when the factory got involved, hurt Cody, and let Cody go away ...to be with Brandy for the birth of their child. However, Cody won. In my eyes, this is now over. Move on. In QT Marshall's eyes, it's that's not happening. So I do understand that probably tomorrow night... ...Cody in some way, some fashion... Either gets challenged or he gets attacked. There's some way they've got to get this match on Double or Nothing. This match was so good. These two have worked together for so long. They know each other. Their moves together were outstanding. Uh, their transitions together were smooth. Love that Cody hit the car off and QT kicked out. So I I truly enjoyed this match. Then Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa uh took on Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Guys I told you who was gonna win this match. Who had to win this match was Moxley and Kingston. And I told you basically Nakazawa was there for the pen. Kenny didn't want to have much to do with Moxley or Kingston. He knows how dangerous they are. And of course you were going to see some kind of run out. So, you know, it, it, it played out almost exactly as I predicted. All four of those were taped. And I personally thought you could tell they were taped. They were taped in front of no crowd. And I really felt the tag team match and the Cody QT match brought it. I thought the Omega-Moxley-Kingston match left a little bit to be desired. I definitely thought Brett Baker left a lot to be desired. I think that was more due to her opponent and their experience, than them not having a crowd. Then we got the live blood and guts match. Or I should say fight. Um, I told you guys on the Prediction Show, I absolutely love that Cody and Dustin Rhodes got to do this. Their father created this match. They slapped a roof on it. And. Called it blood and guts. I hope. It is not. A yearly. Event. I hope it's when they need it. Event. And so if they need it. In August. I hope we see another one. But if we don't need it. For two years, and fans forget about it. That's fine. This is not War Games. War Games to me, the first one, pretty much made sense. I felt like it was war between those two teams. However, They have now made it a November takeover called War Games. And I feel like sometimes, starting in September, it's like, who are we gonna put on these teams? I don't feel like that they have a reason to go into War Games. These guys, this was a blood feud. Or it is. I don't know that it's not over. Um so I thought the blood and guts match was perfect. I loved the two that started the match, Sammy Guevara and Cash Wheeler. Sammy Guevara I thought was absolutely Showing off his star. Um, I think he's 27. He may be 28. But I just truly feel like he has come into his own. How they told the story of this match was perfect. With him coming in first, he has always been... The guy that will take the shots for Jericho. He has loved Chris Jericho. Jericho has taken him under his wing. Has really worked with him. Talked with him. About right, wrong. And as we get into it. Sammy being the one to surrender. Made perfect sense. Like I said. Cash. Starting off, he has been taking the major bumps, the major hits in this blood feud. I mean, he had his head busted open and had to have, what, nine stitches or something like that? So, he made perfect sense. Plus, he has a motor on him. Those two for five minutes was unbelievable. Loved it. But I loved even more that they did not copy NXT. They made someone come in every two minutes. So you were not getting bored. I feel like after watching, what, five war games I think is how many they've had Um, I get bored uh, in the what is it five minutes or something you've got to wait and one team has an advantage for five minutes I don't think they tell a good enough story using that edge in five minutes I like that Cash and Sammy went at it for five minutes. I loved when the announcers were like, Cash has got him in this, and what if Sammy surrenders? And they were like, He can't. It doesn't count until all ten men are in the ring. And you could see on Sammy's face, Hello, this hurts. And I'm sure it probably did. Because Cash, he can sell, he can also hit stiff shots, but I guarantee that submission maneuver, he put a little bit into it, enough that Sammy did fill it, but then after two minutes, the Pinnacle you know, gets their, their team member in, and I believe it was Sean Spears, and Brings a weapon in right away, and they start. Cash takes a 30-second break. He's not laying on the side watching, like sometimes happens in NXT. He takes a 30-second break, and then he's right in there, and they're double-teaming. They're using their advantage, and that's what I liked about the two-minute thing is because they only had to double-team him two minutes, because then, boom, inner circle's coming in, you know? And that was, what, Santana? And loved them going back to the face paint, Santana and Ortiz. Thought that was a great, absolute great use of them. And then... It made perfect sense for the last pinnacle member to be MJF. Just like it made perfect sense for the last inner circle member and the last person into the match was Chris Jericho. And them all combining. I told you Tolly Blanchard was going to get involved. He did. He was the one that obviously stole the key from the referee, allowing the door to get open because MJF needed to escape. I didn't think it would happen. I loved it, though. MJF, the 25, 26-year-old superstar, and I do mean superstar, he's one of the best heels around, and do not write me about Roman Reigns. Cause we will have a Twitter argument or an email argument or whatever. But, MJF agreeing to blood, or I guess bleed, um to, I know one time you could see him blading. Because I thought that was shocking. Number one, because of the poor camera. But two, because MJS agreed. I'm not too sure the one shot he took, he didn't open up the hard way. But maybe he bladed again, I don't know. His face, to quote JR, being a crimson mask was shocking to me. Now, Dax Hardwood, looking like heated after the match was shocking to me. I mean, blood all over his face, down his chest, on his trunks, they were on his boots. I mean, he gave it his all. But I think the shocking thing, because MJF wants to be the pretty boy, I thought it was a perfect story for Him not to be. And him to bleed. And... You know, with him climbing... To try to get away... From Jericho. And Jericho being... 50 years old. Being a 30 year... Veteran. I kind of wish he would have said... He would have stood out there and he would have clapped for him and said, Climb, Max, climb. And refused to go up there. I know that was part of the storyline. But, I kind of would have liked it if Jericho would have said, Do you know how many cage matches I've been on? I'm not climbing up there. But anyway, he did follow him up to the top of the cage. Here's why I liked... The top of the cage it pointed out the difference in NXT and AEW AEW put a roof on their cage so of course they were going to draw attention to the fact that they changed up Dusty's plan enough that they could run this and it was because of the roof. So I thought that was perfect. I also thought MJF using the, the dynamite diamond ring was perfect. Guys, I almost think that is the best title championship, best thing you can win in AEW. I mean, I think that's better looking and completely different than having a belt, having a championship belt. And so I love it. I love that he can put it on and you know he's going to use it. It's not in a ring box in his dressing room or at his house or whatever. He's using that. So him nailing Jericho and getting it with the blood running down. Perfect. I even kind of enjoyed, even though I knew what was going to happen. Watched too many cage matches. I knew Jericho was going off that cage. A little part of me wished that Jericho could have turned it. And MJF would have went off the cage. And probably threw a table. But I think MJF knows better. Because Jericho still has some stuff to prove. But loved that MJF said surrender or I'll throw him off and Sammy says are you being honest or whatever and I'm thinking are you really asking MJF does he promise or is he truthful or anything of that sort Uh, not happening guys he Hello, that's what his character is. So, like I said earlier, love that Sammy was the one that surrendered because he has been under Jericho's wing. And he did not want to see him hurt was surprised that members of the Interceptor were not climbing the cage to get to them. They were standing there. Sammy says, I surrender. MJF steps back. And then, boom, just shoves Jericho off. And there is where the controversy starts. Jericho obviously hits the crash pad. The, what appeared to be metal sheets with the round circles on them. I thought they looked good laying there. I feel like it would have been different had Jericho landed. In the middle of one of those instead of in between in the seam of two. However, I almost think no matter what, the crash pads would have shown no matter where he would have landed, and that was the cameraman's fault or whoever was calling the shots because They should replay him landing. They should have stayed with MJF. MJF pulls in, pulls, you know, pushes him off, and the shot should have stayed as you're seeing Jericho fall, MJF smirking or whatever. And then once you saw how Jericho landed, you could have gotten the perfect camera shot that would not have shown the crash pads. I agree with all the AEW fans and AEW itself. They had 50-something-year-old Matt Hardy months ago. All of us were ready to riot because he climbed up on a lighting rig trying to take on Sammy and busted his head on the concrete, was noticeably knocked out, obviously had a noticeable concussion, obviously did not know where he was, but wanted to continue and they let him continue. Big fuss. They even brought in Chris Nowowski, the concussion expert, to talk to the wrestlers and to Tony Khan, they brought in safety people. And that seemed to make everyone happy, but yet when they do this, and it's obviously that they're trying to keep 50-year-old Chris Jericho safe, everybody wants to gripe. Guys, did you really want him to hit concrete? I don't think you did. I really don't. And so, he wasn't going to. Did it expose the business? Yes. Did you have to tell your kids that it was a crash pad? No. Because I saw where so many people on Reddit were saying, it ruined pro wrestling for my kid or my six-year-old kid because they would always say some young kid. Your six-year-old does not know that that's a crash pad unless you told them. So guess what? You ruined it. The other thing that's been making the headlines, I guess, probably Saturday, Sunday, Monday, is that WWE didn't like it. I don't care. I loved... That Wednesday night, gosh, probably an hour, maybe not even an hour, Shotsky Blackheart tweeted the mattress and the guy falling into a mattress. Didn't mention AEW, didn't mention anything. Everybody knew what she meant. I thought that was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I also thought Shayna Baszler's tweet. Absolutely hilarious. Smart. She did not say AEW. She talked about Game of Thrones, but it was very obvious what she was referring to. I thought that was so smart, so funny, and witty. And I think the AEW wrestlers got a kick out of it. But for WWE itself to come out and say it was too bloody. Really? Have you watched some of your older matches? Have you watched some of your matches that you did when you first started TV or when you first started you know, pay per views? Are you kidding? You guys spilled a lot more blood. AEW is two years old. They're not a billion like WWE. They don't have all of that experience. So don't be calling it too bloody. Now, if you want to say they didn't blade right, or they didn't blade safely, or that somebody took a hard way shot that shouldn't been allowed. You know, WWE, if you want to say something like that, fine. Then it comes out, WWE higher-ups feel it was too barbaric. Okay, that's cool. If that's your opinion... I don't know that it's necessarily Vince McMahon's opinion. I definitely don't think it's Bruce Prichard's opinion. Is it Kevin Dunn's? Maybe. Is it the creative team? I don't care. You guys know I think they all should be fired. So, was it Barbaric? Yeah, it was a blood feud. These two teams this is a long-term storyline starting with MJF being jealous of you know, the inner circle him getting in the inner circle think about how long this has been going on MJF went into the inner circle and tried to turn the inner circle against Chris Jericho those guys that he tried to do that Hager and, and Santana and Ortiz had to be boiling minded him. Jericho boiling minded him. Sammy Guevara, who quit the inner circle because of him, had to be boiling minded him. He got in the way of his Being mentored by Chris Jericho. And then MJF taking and turning. On them. Had to. Had to. Be an ultimate betrayal. But not just him turning on them. But getting his own faction together. To turn on them. And when you look at it, you have Sean Spears, Chris Jericho, both coming from the WWE. You have Warlow and J.K. who have their own issues and had to fight each other when MJF was in the inner circle to try to settle differences between each other. You've got FTR and Santana and Ortiz, the Lucha Brothers. Fighting for who is the number one tag team in the whole entire world, this was a blood fluke. Here's the thing, and probably why WWE fans and creative, because like I said, I don't know that this is necessarily Vince McMahon's idea, that it was too barbaric. They don't write long-term storylines where it becomes a blood feud. The only one that I can think of that could have been and would have made a great blood feud would have been Seamus versus Drew McIntyre. I think you really could have turned that into something because of their 20-year friendship. So, you know, I think that if they would have drew it out six months, you could have accumulated into a blood feud. The one in NXT... That should have probably been a blood feud, but was still absolutely awesome match, definitely match of the year candidate. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Easily. I can't believe they said this was too barbaric. I, I just I can't. So that's kind of how I feel about the controversy. I think it was drummed up. I don't think it's that big of a deal. One was poor camera work, or whoever was calling the shots should not have called for the shot of Jericho landing because they did not know how it was going to turn out. It being too barbaric, too much blood, gosh, that's WWE wanting to lessen that match. I think that was a great match. I think if none of them would have bladed, if there wouldn't have been blood, I still think it would have been a good match. It told a story with all ten people. So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, something that was great. I want to wrap up, though talking about Thea Trinidad and Tessa Blanchard. I have talked to several people. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, on and on and on. Guys, I don't think Thea Trinidad wants to be in AEW. I think if she truly wanted to be in AEW, I think she would be. She does not like where they want to slot her. She does not like that, yes, she can appear on AEW Dynamite, but she also probably needs to appear on Elevation and Dark. She thinks she's too good for that really cuz who i think was probably the wrestler of the year of 2020 John Moxley was on elevation last night so get off your high horse you're not too good for dorker elevation you also aren't that great of a wrestler and AEW is starting to try to turn around their women's division. So you want to wrestle? Yeah, you're going to be on Elevation. You're going to be on Dark. You're probably going to be on Dynamite sometimes. But guess what? I don't know that you're going to be on Double or Nothing as the main event. It's just not going to happen. You're not that good. And of course... If you want to be a manager, they're probably still going to give you less than what they've already offered you. So pick your poison, and if you want to be in AAW, then how about you talking to them and sign a deal? Because you're not going to get any more money out of them. You don't deserve it based on what you've shown in WWE, and now you've been off wrestling for, what, five months, six months? You've been able to sign with somebody. You've been able to wrestle independently. Why did you not put yourself out there for the collective? Why WrestleMania week did you not show up and have a match? And then you could have showed AEW how good you really are. And maybe they would have raised their price. But they're not going to meet your price. So get over it and get on the indies. Sign with MLW. Sign with NWA, sign with impact, I don't care, but if you truly want to wrestle, get off your butt. Same thing, Tessa Blanchard, no, she did not show up. Yes, I predicted for her to show up and get into it with her father at Blood and Guts. It made perfect sense to me. It also made perfect sense that she could have taken on Brett Baker. It also made perfect sense with her stepfather, Magnum T.A., being the godfather to Cody Rhodes, that she could have come out in defense of Cody and nailed the factory members. And I know Tessa would have taken a shot from a go-go and sold it. Like a million dollars. So, again, the issue is backwards there though. AEW is not sure they should sign her. Tolly is staying out of it. So all of you quit saying Tolly wants her signed. Tolly is staying out of this. Cody, however, does want her signed. Again, he is the godson of her stepdad. They have known each other since they were young. She's 25 years old and at one point was one of the top three wrestlers in the world, women's wrestlers. There's not a doubt in my mind. Had She not have been getting married in 2020 and stayed in Mexico, got fired by Impact. We've talked about all this. She may have been the Women's Wrestler of the Year last year. And Bayley, if you're listening to this, or if any of Bayley's friends are listening to this, hey, I'm not taking anything away from what Bayley did last year. But Tessa had a heck of a storyline. She had just won the men's impact belt. And had they continued to tell the story, and she would have signed for another six months or a year. I think that story would have been better than how WWE screwed Bailey over starting the 1st of August and ruined her and Sasha's storyline. Anyway, I think AEW and Tony Khan are hearing their women's wrestlers talking. I think they have talked to Big Swole. And I think Tony Khan is a little nervous with how much flack... AEW has taken for it's women's division already I don't know that he's willing to do it again for one wrestler I truly think she is going to have to go to NWA she's going to have to do a third season of WOW she's going to have to go on the independent circuit I'm shocked she's not doing the June 5th Warrior Wrestling Wrestling Stadium series I thought that she would show up there to try to get her belt back she's not I I don't think her working on CrossFit Helps her get signed anywhere. I think. It's excellent. For anybody that does it. Including Tessa. But I don't think. Wrestling promotions. Care. Her. Having Saturday classes. At Hybrid Wrestling Academy. With Daga. I don't. Again, think any wrestling promotion gives a crap. I think her best bet would be on the indie circuits. I think she should have got in to Warrior Wrestling, took on Kyle Ray, took on Thunder Rosa. The next best thing is if she can get hired on by NWA, take on Camille, take on. Thunder Rosa, take on Serena Deeb, Um, just get your foot back in the door, and keep your nose clean, don't say or do anything that will cause anybody to question your reputation now, because you've been off, and you... Have grown as a person. Your beliefs are different. And you're more stable and mature now from getting married. I think even Daga is more stable and mature since getting married. I'm one of the few that thinks her taking an additional six months off has been good for her. Because she's grown as a person. I really wanted her, though, to come back and be signed by AEW. I truly hope and probably will predict when I do AEW Double or Nothing that she will be involved because I want her in AEW. I have never wanted her in NXT. She would tear up NXT. If WWE signs her, they need to immediately do a Ronda Rousey. She needs to come out on on the main roster. Will that be disrespectful to the women of NXT? Probably, but if they ever get to wrestle her, they'll see why. She can kill them. She needs to go up and hold her own against the main roster. I don't see WWE signing her, though. She likes to do other things, and WWE right now, I know they're supposed to be talking to MLW. That's going to be the next episode, but I do not think that um them playing around with MLW is a sign that they're ready to go. Not exclusive and allow Finn Balor to go to Japan and wrestle in New Japan. I don't think that's going to happen. So anyway, I'm going to, you know, end this. I, I know I tell you guys, I'm, I try to keep them to a half an hour. I know I went over, I talked about too many different things, but these were things that, like I said, I've either been arguing or been reading. On Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Wrestling sites, even uh, Dave Metzler's wrestling forum. Some of these topics have been discussed. I just wanted to get my thoughts and opinions out there so you guys would know. So, guys, you don't agree with me. That's fine. Write me. ProWrestlingOT at gmail.com I answer all of my emails. If you guys... Our Twitter fanatics, I'm pro-overtime, two O's, pro-overtime. DMs are open if you want to say something or have a long conversation that's not out in the public. Um, Facebook, Over Wrestling Overtime is the page. However, the group, the Facebook group is all pro-wrestling all the time. Feel free to join it. You can talk to me on Messenger under Wrestling Overtime. Instagram. DMs are open. It's Pro Wrestling Overtime. I will be posting this podcast. So if you want to start a conversation about this podcast on Instagram, feel free to comment below where this podcast is being posted. Um or like I said, DMs are open. So those are the ways the easiest ways to get a hold of me on Reddit. Ugh. I'm not saying what my name is in there, uh because I haven't created a pro wrestling overtime account. So we're gonna keep that one private. If you're arguing with me on there uh maybe you'll recognize some of the arguments But otherwise, you're not going to find it. But I am on Reddit. Anyway, I will talk to you guys soon. And I will see you down the road. Like I said, next episode will be about WWE and MLW. And how it's so screwed up, I don't want to see it. So anyway, I'll talk to you guys soon. See you down the road.
0: Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately.
1: Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.